Hello and welcome to Nerd Vomit. My name is Doug. I'm a nerd and this is my vomit. I actually have a fair amount of stuff in the vomitorium uh, now that I'm over my head cold from last week. So let's get right into it because I'm so excited to talk about Future Man Season 2. Man, did they play fast and loose with story structure on this one. Upon watching the first episode, you literally have no idea what the hell is even going on. Stu is a hologram. There's a totally different timeline with totally different Tiger and Wolf and Josh Futterman, or Joosh, as he's known in this timeline. And it's crazy. Some of the twists and turns, two-thirds through the season, I didn't see coming uh, in terms of Achilles' identity uh, or the murder bots. And then it ends very open-ended, uh, much like the second uh, or the first season did. Ends on a, eh, this first season ended on less of a cliffhanger in terms of it was like, oh, here comes season two type of thing. Uh, season two ends with like, holy shit, where is season three going to go now that they're, uh, you know, trapped in a, the another future alternate timeline, I think. Once again, they're playing fast and loose with timelines and uh, really there's no grounded reality uh, with all of this time travel. I think they just went, you know what, time travel can be a headache, let's embrace that headache, and I think it plays great in terms of going against expectations and either not meeting them, exceeding them, subverting them. I love Future Man Season 2. Once again, highly recommended. Uh, they, they had an episode with a, a song break in it. Like, what? It was batshit insane. There was a great um, Law & Order-based episode. Like, once again, they, they really played uh, havoc with structure on this season uh, in which they didn't... It was more structurally experimental than uh, the first season, which kind of played with um, pistaches and homages and pop culture references. And there are plenty of those in Future Man Season 2. But, yeah, the writer's room, they really just threw everything at the wall, and almost everything stuck. And they went, well, it's going to be a real grab bag every episode. And it did not disappoint. Speaking of not being disappointed, um, I'm not going to talk too much about the show, but I want to talk about the release schedule, because it's something that's very interesting to me that I haven't seen anywhere on any streaming service. Now, with the rise of streaming service and binge-watching, you tend to have things released and entire seasons on Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, so forth, so on. Of course, then there's like weekly release TV, such as, you know, Network, and even Hulu, I think, um, had Runaways Season 1 come out once a week. Uh, Titans on DC Streaming, um, which is going to lead right into Young Justice. Now, once again, I'm so happy the show's back. I, I love that it's kind of got a more of a mature edge to it, even more mature than, more sophisticated than I thought it'd be uh, in terms of that a big bad, seemingly big bad, is actually kind of a big good. Uh, wow, way to turn that one on its head, DC. But instead of releasing one episode every week, or uh, releasing an entire season with Young Justice, they're releasing three episodes every week. So you're getting like almost an hour and a half of show which is nice, because it kind of feels like binging, but then you're still left with like, oh, next week there's going to be another three episodes. Next week there's going to be another three episodes. Um, I really like that release schedule. I like it, especially for something where Young Justice is a 22-minute episode, r roughly. Um, I'm sure they might 
probably kick it up to like 28, 27, 28 right in there because it's on a streaming platform. But I kind of like in that, once again, because they're shorter episodes, they're going, hey, why don't we release... They could have released two and done like an hour, um, but they released three, which makes it seem like A, a mini-movie, B, they can have like mini-arcs inside of the three, and it doesn't feel disconnected episode to episode or arc to arc or week to week, um, so they can really tighten up that, that storytelling structure. I know I'm stuck on structure. I apologize. I just got done recording uh, an episode of Mr. Right that was about story crafting and structure, so I'm kind of stuck on the word. And speaking of DC, killing it on animation as well, Reign of the Superman came out, and I watched it. I liked it. Um, I talked a little bit about this last week, since it hadn't come out yet, that it's the sequel to last year's Death of Superman, which, spoiler alert, Superman dies. Um, and it's kind of two movies that are one real whole story um, based on the comics where Superman dies and four Supermen come back. And it's uh, in the comics that ended up sparking a huge thing where one of the Supermen was actually evil and he destroyed uh, Coast City, which is where Green Lantern was based out of. And that drove Green Lantern insane and made Green Lantern a bad guy for a while, Hal Jordan. And that was right in the middle of DC really shaking things up in the 90s because they were like, hey, we're going to kill Superman, uh, paralyze Batman, break, you know, Bane broke his back, much like he did in, in the Dark Knight Rises movie. And then, you know, we're going to make Green Lantern go insane and be a bad guy. Now, is Reign of the Superman uh, a verbatim retelling of the Reign of the Superman story? No. That would have been too much. I mean, you're not going to have Mongols. You're not going to have. Coast City being destroyed, uh, Green Lantern was in it, the Justice League is in it uh, very briefly, which I was kind of disappointed in. Uh, I would have seen more of them dealing with Superman being dead. And of course Superman comes back, because he's financially their breadwinner, he's one of the most recognizable characters on the planet, it's like Superman, Mickey Mouse, and Jesus. So no, Superman's not going to stay dead, he's going to come back, which was a loose adaptation uh, in terms of the Justice League movie. Now, was Cyborg Superman still the bad guy? Yes. Am I worried about spoiling that? No. You know why? Because it's based on a comic that came out like 25 years ago. It's it's known. Cyborg Superman's a bad guy, and it was Hank Henshaw. So sorry, spoilers. You know, did I... I loved all the nods of the comics. I loved seeing um, Superboy, the clone of Superman. Uh, it's one of my favorite characters, especially as he grows in both the comics and in other media, such as Titans and Young Justice, the aforementioned Young Justice. Um, but I thought the things they changed kind of deserved to be changed, and I think it worked. Uh, instead of Mongol, you have kind of Darkseid pulling the strings in the background, which I really liked, and you had Apocalypse kind of come in with everything, which, I mean, it has been a big go-to for DC lately. Like, it's Apocalypse uh, and Darkseid are involved in Young Justice. They're involved in tangentially... Justice League, the movie, Darkseid comes back in Reign of the Superman. He was kind of the big bad in a lot of the comics lately. And I don't know if they're building him up to use him in the movie, so they're trying, or in a, in a movie. So they're trying to, like, expand his profile and his exposure, or if they're just being lazy and they're like, fuck it, it's always going to be Darkseid. I don't know. But uh, in my opinion, it's a little lazy because they just keep going back to it over and over and over again with Darkseid. 
I mean, there are a ton of great villains. Uh, the surprise villain in Young Justice that you just found out about was like, holy shit, Starro. So, anyway, Rain of Superman, thumbs up. I liked it. I liked the nods, the voice acting, the animation. Once again, DC kills it in animation uh, as opposed to their cinematic universe, and it's something where at least they have that. Like, Marvel's not slaughtering them on every platform. Marvel's animation actually sucks. I'm not a huge fan of it, never have been a huge fan of it. Even the weird, um, like, galactic... Not Super Friends, because that's DC, and I, I, I can't think of the name of the cartoon, but it was very popular... Uh, Marvel Little Kids cartoon, and I like the look of it, but once again, it was very Sesame Street to me. Um, I know I'm not the target market, but DC's always kind of gone, you know, we're going to make it our animation more for young adults and adults. And I think that, you know, they get to tell more sophisticated storylines, and I think it shows, and it pays off, and it's a lot more creative in what we see and what the writers get to do, and the animators get to do. So... Speaking of uh, creative control from people in power, I watched Vice, the Dick Cheney, quote-unquote, you know, fictionalized, slightly fictionalized biopic from Adam McKay starring Christian Bale, uh, Steve Carell, Sam Rockwell, uh, Amy Adams. It's so good to have someone like Adam McKay, who is really a spot-on comedic director and writer. He you know, works with Will Ferrell a ton. He did Teledega Nights and Anchorman. He also did, like, The, the Big Short, uh, which is take on the stock market, but he did The Other Guys. Everything was so... Everything's done was so funny and so spot-on and so almost, like, surgically precise in comedy, and, and, it's, and it worked, and it worked is the important part, that when he applies that to drama, holy... Crap, it just ends up so good. And I, you know, I didn't really... I knew Dick Cheney was evil. And a power monger. And a war monger. And a horrible monger. But I didn't realize, like, some of the background of that. I didn't realize... I ended up looking into this. He was actually a pretty good dad. Like, <laughs> evil bastard. But good dad. So it was very... It was entertaining. It was informative. Very well crafted. I think it's going to be a huge sweep for a lot of um, the smaller awards. Um, I think Viewer's Choice, I think Golden Globes, you're going to see a lot of Vice. Now, there's a lot of Oscar buzz about it. Do I think it's going to win? No. I don't think it is. Um, I just don't think it's up there enough in terms of true craft to win any Oscars. I think it'll be nominated up the wazoo, but it won't win. Um, which is unfortunate because I really, really liked it. And speaking of things I like but I haven't seen yet, uh, I did this last week with Reign of Superman. I'm going to do it this week with Punisher Season 2, uh, the Marvel Netflix show. It's probably going to get canceled. Uh, they're probably going to announce that like next week because that's what Disney's doing. But Netflix are kind of hobbling them um, in terms of some of their licensed content through Disney and Marvel. But I'm really looking forward to watching it because you have these huge moments in season one where people find out, and his family, people find out Micro's alive, the world finds out the Punisher's still alive, Punisher takes down his, uh, you know, like, military brother, Billy, and turns him into Jigsaw, which I was like, very excited for, and Jigsaw is back, he's in the teaser trailer, 
Um, I'm sure Karen, I know, is in it, but she's probably going to be annoying as shit. As I think she was kind of annoying as shit in Punisher Season 1. I, I much prefer kind of her interactions in Daredevil, uh, as opposed to her trying to be kind of the tough-nosed reporter who's always trying to protect Frank, the Punisher, when he's trying to protect her. I mean, I like the, the you know, reverse convention of the woman trying to save the man. I like that, but Karen trying to, you know, help Punisher is kind of a weird one for me. Um, and I'm interested to see kind of how they weave in uh, Jigsaw into this new fabric with Punisher, because really, it was a lot of Billy versus Frank in the first season, and to kind of rehash that and do kind of their alter egos, Punisher and Jigsaw, yeah, heightened stakes, I'd imagine. And it's interesting because it's not Frank and Billy friends, military brothers, a fraternity feeling there, um, fraternal. It's Punisher, a uh, guy who shoots criminals, and Jigsaw, criminal. So maybe the uh, different dynamics will really heighten and elevate season two, but I am looking forward to it, which I'm going to start watching it after I'm done recording this, which is now. So thanks for listening to Nerd Vomit. Uh, I'm a nerd. It's my vomit. I'm Doug, and I'm out like a boner in sweatpants. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.